We take you on a journey. A journey across Korea to a town where a father is set to bring his daughter to her mother. The father and the daughter have grown apart over the many years. The father works all day, all the time, at his hedge fund firm, but has spent little time investing in quality time with his daughter. They board a train to venture to the daughter's mother, and as they journey across the country, the man ponders how he can become closer to his daughter. We hear a crash from the back of the train, and of all things the man thought that would bring him closer to his daughter was a zombie invasion on his train to Busan. This is It Records. Great. I'm glad we're working in more sound effects as it's all yeah, about you know. presentation. Yeah, you know, Michael Winslow was a big uh, inspiration for me. That's how that's how great I am at sound effects. Michael Winslow? Yeah, you know the guy from like Spaceballs and like uh <laughs> who did oh. like the remember he's like does the creeps? Boop 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 <laughs> <clears throat> I think he's like an uh it's a police academy, I think. Maybe. Eighties yeah. movies? Yeah, 80s. you know, eighties eighties stuff. Okay. Interesting. That's where you draw your inspiration from. That's good. Yes. It's good to know. Well, great. Um, thank you one and all for uh, tuning in once again to the beloved It Records podcast. Be one and only. I am Matt Johnson. I have Critically emerged acclaimed. from the shadows. Critically acclaimed now, yes, actually. Um, yeah, because uh, how many stars can you get on zero reviews? That's a real question. That's pretty good. Charts, it's really. off the charts, really. I mean, it's true. We are technically off the charts, so off off the grid. That's, that's, that's our marketing plug. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, that is my shtick, and also. Uh, we did we did train in Busan this week. Uh, the 2016 South Korean zombie film is if you couldn't pick that up from the intro, where I literally said "train to Busan." But if you've never heard of it, it is on Netflix to watch as of this this taping. Uh, and the film mostly takes place on a train to Busan as a zombie apocalypse suddenly breaks out in the country and threatens the safety of the passengers. So kind of just starting into the movie, we see uh, a man, um, he's a divorced fund manager, workaholic, we kind of see that, and absentee father to his young daughter. Um, And, yeah, as we said, he's a big workaholic, misses his daughter's singing recital at the beginning and he really tries to make it up to her, and it's her, uh, also her birthday coming up. So he basically enlists the help of his assistant, I believe, to get her a present. So the assistant buys a Wii, uh, the gaming system, and... Wii U, a Wii U, thank you. Is it a Wii U? Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you for the clarification. I stand corrected. <laughs> Um, so yes, he purchases this Wii U, we get this really good shot that shows the daughter not really even saying anything, but she kind of glances from her dad over to where her, like, 
uh, TV stand, entertainment stand is, and you see she already has one. And it seems like a gift her dad's already given her. He's just neglectful, forgetful, um, really isn't investing any time in her. So for her birthday, instead of being with her dad, she wants to go see her mother, who lives in Busan. So the next day, they get on this train at the Seoul station and are going to go to Busan, where we are introduced to some other passengers, um, including a, a man and his pregnant wife, a high school baseball team, and then also two elderly sisters who are all kind of getting on this train and going to Busan together. Where as the train departs, a young woman we see runs on the train uh, unnoticed um, and something looks off about her as well. And I would say that's really kind of the start of the movie um, before we kind of launch into act two. I don't know if you guys would agree. Agree. Yeah. And before we kind of go into act two, I was going to ask you guys, have you, have you seen Parasite, <laughs> the Korean movie that just won Best Picture? Yes, I, ha- I have. <laughs> no, but I know people who have. <laughs> Okay. That's like well, I, that's like kind of saying it, right? <laughs> yeah. You could rent it on Amazon. That's how I did it. Hey, Wednesday, be quiet. Shh. I didn't know it was on Amazon yet. I know it's still they probably put it back in theaters because of They did. It won yeah. this picture. I don't think they expected it to do as well as it did because it was like ready to rent like pretty quickly. <clears throat> yeah. Like before the Oscars even like happened, it was like ready to rent. It's like out on like Blu-ray too. Is it really? I know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I have seen it. And this is not the first Korean movie we've done either. We've done. Um, Tale of Two Sisters, I believe, is the, the other one we did. That is correct. Yes, and I think I think that's the only two we've done. Um, yeah, but I, I think so. I brought up Parasite, not just because, you know, it's a South Korean film and Parasite is one best picture, but uh, the actor, I believe his name is Woo, Woo Si Choi, who plays one of the baseball players was in Parasite. So he's he's also in this film. Who's he in Parasite? Is he the, the son? The, yeah, the main son. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even realize that. <clears throat> That's cool. Yeah, as I was watching this, I, I thought to myself, I went, that guy looks really familiar. Where have I seen him before? And then I had to, like, parse my brain. How many South Korean movies am I am I really watching on a daily basis? And... Parasite came came to the forefront after a while. I mean, I feel like I've only seen like I I think ten is too high, probably like seven. Yeah, which is like old I boy. Seen too many. Host um, is as we mentioned, Tale of Two Sisters. Host um, is let's see, is Okja considered? And Snowpiercer, yeah. are those... They're not South Korean, would you say? They yeah, are? Because it's the same director. Yeah, I I would, because I believe it was... Even yeah, though Snowpiercer's got Chris Evans in it, 
but I think that was like a South Korean company. And Oksha. Okay. I would also consider that. Yeah, I would count that. Unless they were made in through American cinema, like uh, movie. Th- uh, I can't even think of the word right now. Fucking studios, <clears throat> which I don't think they were. But anyway, second act of Train in Busan. Do you know how long the train is to Seoul and train to Busan? I just looked it up actually. Remember, South Korea is not as big as you think it is. No, I mean, it can't be, because, like... Yeah. It's only three hours. Because Korea is not that big in and of itself, and then it's split in the north and south. Yeah, like... That's, like, us... I guess it's not like driving to Bloomington, but it's like driving an hour past Bloomington. <laughs> for where, at least, not anymore for you, Matt, but where you used to be. <laughs> but uh, I would say the big meat and potatoes of this movie is just them like they the outbreak happens fairly quickly, like they waste no time. I feel like it happens like. 20 minutes in the movie it's like fully spreading and they do it it does fast like it's like fast moving zombies and there's something interesting about them but that comes out a little later um and I really like how visceral like the the transformation is and how like I don't know, these, like, zombies move in, like, a horde-like fashion. They all kind of move as one, I would say. And then they... I think the end of, like... The second act, I would say. Besides them, like, hopping from, like... Uh, station to station. Would you consider, like, when they go to the first stop? The end of act two? Where the, the dad... No, you wouldn't count that as the as the end of the first, of the second act where they have the fight at the train station and then it was like all those military guys there that are infected. Would that be the transition to the next act, you think? Would you guys consider that the end of the, the second act, like the first station? Or would you go a little further? So... By that point, are we at, like, where they're trying to isolate themselves back on the train from those who have been infected? Yeah, because, like, when they get back into the the station, they are, there's, like, mainly two groups of people that are in in the train. Like, there's, like, where everyone is, like, that have secluded themselves, and then there's, like, our main guy trying to get back to his daughter with, like... The big guy who turns out to be a fucking badass. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. There's kind of, um, at that point, there's this turning point where uh, there's two sisters, right? And um, one of them gets attacked and infected. 
and uh, the other that's left that's still, you know, healthy or, you know, hasn't been attacked. Um, she's so saddened by this, you know, because once somebody, like, is attacked, like, they're gone. Like, there's no hope. And so she, like, they're all trying to barricade themselves from, you know, the zombies that have made it onto this train. And what does she do? She deliberately opens the door to let them all in because there's no, like, to her, life was not living without her sister. So all those people get attacked. Um, so going into the third act, uh, help me fill any blanks. And if I miss them, um, but, uh... The majority of the people that we've met at this point have fallen victim to the growing number of zombies. Um, so going toward the end, we've got um, the pregnant wife. Um, her husband has been infected at this point, so they had to leave him behind. Um, then we've got the main father and the daughter remaining that escaped to the train, only for the father to get attacked at the very last minute um, by one of the zombies. And... Um, don't forget about that homeless guy. Okay, okay. What happened with him? He, like, just sacrificed himself when the, the train flipped over so they could get away. <clears throat> the homeless guy? The homeless guy did okay. that, yeah. Okay, Um, And then the father actually ends up doing the same thing, you know. Um, and it kind of really, like, tugs at your heartstrings with this one because, like, the father and the daughter were kind of trying to... I think throughout this journey kind of mend their broken relationship. Um, and like the tears, like when this like little girl, like when her dad uh, gets infected, like it is heartbreaking. Like I have not seen a um, horror movie that has made me want to cry so much until this one. Um, but he actually uh, sacrifices himself, you know, for um, the pregnant wife and um, his little girl and, um, so that's super sad um, by the end because they almost made it. And um, so it's the two that are left and they arrive at Busan um, and they're like walking in this tunnel where snipers are like secretly watching them and they're like ready to shoot them because they don't know if uh, they've been infected by the outbreak. Um, but then they hear like the little girl singing the song that she wanted to sing for her father at the beginning of the movie, but it was at the recital that he didn't make it to. Um, and I guess that makes them realize, like, they're good, you know, they're not um, infected. But, um, yeah, so that's where the movie ends. That part get you? You have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, this movie moves very quickly. Like, I feel like shit, like, hits the fan, and it just keeps on, like, elevating, like, how fucked up everything can get very well. Like, I think it just, like, progresses in a very, like, way that makes sense, and I don't know. Like, a, it was a thrill ride, for sure. It was, like, a, like just, like, nonstop action, I would almost say. Yeah, it starts um, kind of how we described, where it's just a setup between his father and daughter relationship. <laughs> they get on the train, and we see that that one person who seems to be infected in some way kind of stumble on the train, and as someone tries to help her and assist her, she bites the person, and you can kind of see it in her eyes 
that there's something off with her. Um, and from there, it's just like you immediately become pretty much essentially, it doesn't take long for the virus to affect <clears throat> your body or, or whatever it is before you become a zombie. And it's just basically nonstop action, as you said, of moving down the train. Like the zombies started at one end and they're just trying to make their way down to the other end and people are shuffling out of the way. Um, to which I, I guess since we've been talking about the zombies and the whole pr premise of the movie is to get to Busan and avoid these zombies on the train is that this outbreak occurs this is a zombie movie I would say but um, I would just ask your guys' opinion what were your overall thoughts on well, I guess if these are zombies in your opinion and if they are like what did you think of their depiction of zombies did you like this version compared to others you've seen yeah I did like it I liked it a lot I would say they're pretty comparable to like uh, traditional zombies they take some liberties with like uh, how fast the uh, progression is because like the dad was like really slow and like there'd be other people that'd be like done in like two seconds and you didn't even mention this fucking business guy that is horrible and I hate him so much that you're <laughs> you're glad that he dies, but you also you feel a little bad at him at the end because he's just trying to get to his mom or whatever. But you're just like, no, you're still you're still a shitty person. <laughs> Are you talking about the one that wouldn't let the others on? Yeah, and he like <clears throat> Like, he, he had that, like, uh, train guy with him in the bathroom. They survived, like, the onslaught <clears throat> of, like, the final car. And he sacrifices him to get away. Okay. Yeah, now I'm with you. Yeah. He sucks. He's yeah. the worst. No, I mean, I think that these zombies... I, I, I also liked, um, <clears throat> you know, how they... Like, there were lots of gore, lots of violence, but I also didn't think it was too much, um... Yeah, I mean, I think that they forced uh, characters to make decisions that they normally wouldn't, you know, like with the example of the sister um, opening that door and letting them all in after her sister had already been attacked and infected. So, um, you know, to me, that's like truly terrifying is being forced or uh, making a decision you normally wouldn't because of the circumstances, because of these zombies. Yeah, it does seem that um, this came out in 2016, I believe I said, and I think like 28 Days Later by Danny Boyle came out uh, a few years before that, definitely. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but like World War Z is close to this time, actually probably a little before as well. But that's sort of the vein, I think, that zombies have taken on nowadays is like they are quicker they they were they move in those spastic movements like i feel like they're like really they're like really jerky um and like kind of like they're like they're always like twitching almost in this movie and a lot of the more new zombie ones have done this um compared to for instance i was gonna uh, bring this up pete uh like night of the living dead which is one of the few podcasts that was recorded but is yet to air um originally you and i recorded that one a long time ago at this point where yeah. the zombies in, in those films one of the first zombies films were slow moving um 
slow moving zombies. Um, they were just like barely there. Um, they feasted on flesh and they were trying to attack the house, but nowhere near the aggression that we see in more modern zombies. Yeah, zombies have been around for a while, and they had to do something to them to make them more interesting. <laughs> do you think in this movie they... Was there anything in particular that they added to the lore that was maybe a little different than you'd seen? I don't think they really added too much. I think they just did it well. They just, like, took what was established and just, like, just had really good execution. I would say the only thing they did that was, like, pretty similar to World War Z... I did it a few years earlier, but, like, these zombies looked better because World War Z was all CGI zombies that moved in, like, a horde. Um, I believe it seemed like a lot of this was mainly, like, practical makeup. Maybe some scenes of CGI, but it wasn't too noticeable. Maybe, like, the train crash would, like, looked a little weird, but, like, um, I would say it mostly looked really good. And... Like, the way, like, when they, all the zombies, like, were, like, dragging on the train, like, slowing it down. Like, that part was really cool. Yeah. And, like, I think done really well. That's, like, the only thing I would say that's, like, different is, like, how their horde mentality is. Yeah. That's a good point. I thought what was kind of interesting was, and I don't think they really expanded on it at all, was they started to figure out how they worked, how the zombies, um, yeah. they, they, they couldn't, they figured out that they really couldn't open the doors. They, they couldn't understand how to open doors. So if they shut a door, the zombies couldn't get through. And if they couldn't see you, they weren't as aggressive. So they put like paper, newspaper on the glass. So if they can't see you, they're not as aggressive. They, they can't open doors or anything. And they're really, they're really driven by sound. Because like, when they went right. in the tunnel, and, they like freaked out. Yeah, and they're very they're very docile when it's dark out. Like they're yeah. almost like immobile. Yeah. I guess that probably is a, with sight, but like it just seemed like in total darkness. It just seemed like they were like almost like hibernating, almost. Yeah. And they never really expanded on that, or really gave you a reason why or why these zombies really were around, right? Those they, are just the things only you thing picked they, on. Not yeah. much backstory at all. They had a little, they had a little smidge where um, the assistant calls the dad, and he's like, "Oh, like, did we do this? Like, were we responsible for this?" They don't really go into super amount of detail of like what they did, but you get like some kind of shenanigans that they are up to, probably with some kind of chemicals, because you see that in the beginning with like the military like reacting to something <clears throat> so the hedge fund probably like would had these materials i would assume and probably disposed of them in a, a legal fashion i would assume that and that's why thing got spreaded so quickly okay that's what i that's how, what i at least assume yeah that sounds right because um, if we get that opening scene where the deer gets hit and comes back to life, essentially. Yeah. And so it's probably something chemical-based, a virus that makes people act like this. <sighs> okay. 
So, uh, before I get maybe into like the horror significance, which you've kind of talked about, it's a zombie film. That's 100% the subgenre. Do you guys have a favorite character? There, it was a lot of character driven in this film. I feel like a lot of zombie ones are where you put a bunch of different characters into one room yeah. that are kind of different, different walks of life um, that have to work together. Um, which ones uh, stood out to you? I like, the, I like the big guy, the big strong guy. He's just so great. Yeah, he was he's just like, funny. Yeah, he was funny and then he was just like, He's just a strong guy. He's just protecting everyone, being a badass. And I was like, this guy's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. For uh, for me, it was the young girl. Like, she had such a, like, big, kind heart. And I felt like yeah. she was so mature because she's, like, what, eight? And, um, you know, she was, like, truly wise beyond her years. You know, like, she's the one telling her father, hey, like, you only think of yourself. And, like... But cuts deep. Um, but yeah, I felt like it was very easy to empathize with her and her situation even before all of this like chaos broke out. So um, I don't know like anybody's name, but yeah, it was definitely her as far as my favorite. So what about you, Matt? Yeah, I think for me, I, I really, I really liked the daughter, uh, the young girl a lot. I thought, as you said, she was like very compassionate and understanding more than her dad was, especially she was nice to the homeless man she saw get on um, and wanted to be nice to him or her dad was kind of shooing him away. In the end, the homeless guy, you know, sacrificed himself for the girl and the father. Um, and I also, I enjoyed the the pregnant woman who was the wife of the, the big bodybuilder yeah. guy that I thought, she, I, I like their dynamic, I think, a lot, though. The the bodybuilder guy and the his wife. Yeah, yeah, um, that was a good combo for sure. And you you could kind of see that the young daughter kind of gravitating. I felt like towards them, or they just seemed to be more caring and like uh, towards one another and towards the girl than even her dad was being to her on the train. Um, and maybe she was yeah. kind of wanting that, wanting that sort yeah, of like she, like father mother relationship. She saw like. Yeah, she saw, like, parents, and, like, she's like, oh, like, I want that. Like, of mom and dad together that love me. Mm-hmm. And this pregnant mom was, like, very caring for this daughter, even though it wasn't, like, her kid. Like, she was just, like, having her motherly instincts probably kick in, and she, like, did everything she could to protect this little girl, and she did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they really seem to click. Yeah. And, like, good good supporting characters in this movie. Like, I like the baseball, like, couple, too. Like, the young couple. I like them. Oh, yeah. And it was heartbreaking as well when... Uh, I forget her name, but it's the young, the young man's on the baseball team, and... It's it's the woman who he's like I think she's attracted to him first, but there's there they're a couple as well and where that rich jerk at the end like basically pushes her off and she gets bitten to become a zombie. That was yeah. a heartbreaking scene to me where like then the kid breaks down. Um, yeah. And just accepts his fate. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'd rather be become a zombie with her than, you know, keep going, and trying to yeah. outrun him. <clears throat> I think this movie had like a good amount of like small set pieces, like they said earlier with like. Um, when they stop at the first train station when the military came after them and they, like, closed the doors on them and they were, like, trying to keep it shut. And you had, like, all those, like, baseball guys, like, have, like, their <clears throat> baseball bats to take out some zombies and then, like, they slowly, like, get overrun. And it's, like, a lot of cool little moments in this movie, I think. Yeah, that was a really interesting scene. Um, when they... We're supposed to be going to that train station where the military is supposed to be there and escort them to safety, essentially. Um, and then it turns out all of them were zombies. Oh. Does it get any worse than that? Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, that it was that was, yeah, that was just a good little twist that wasn't like the big twist of the movie or anything, but it, it kind of kept... It kept the action going because they had to get back on the train. And they're moving across the country still. They can't stop because there's nowhere safe except moving on the train. It shows you how quickly that virus, like, spreads because, like, his friend told him to, like, go a certain path that, like, all my people will take care of you. And then, like, literally the whole area is infected by the time he gets there. And in, like, another, like, interesting part that I remember was like when they're on the train and they're seeing like news footage and it's just like like fucking zombies like falling from the sky. Do you remember this part where like I think like <clears throat> how I thought it was first I thought it was like oh this is the government that's doing it and they're just dropping infected people in areas is how I first took it but then I was like no I don't think it's that. I think it's zombies that like attacked this helicopter that was about to take off. And then they're just, like, falling off the helicopter as it goes further along. But it was, like, an interesting, like, shot that, like, I don't think I've really seen that before. You guys have anything else to add? Yeah. I, I had a question. It was a question I was going to pose to you guys. Um, and it deals with the horror significance that essentially in a zombie film... Um, what they represent is, you know, the human without the soul. It allows you to kind of look at something that is human, but it's not human. And it's like a walking corpse. It literally is like a walking corpse. Um, and allows you to kind of look at your own mortality, look at your own actions. And a lot of the time that is juxtapositioned with like social class. Um, that was done in night of the living dead for sure. Um, where there was like that internal microcosm of society um, and how they dealt with each other while all of these hordes of people um, sort of came upon the house. And you have that here. I'm not as fluent or well-versed in Korean culture, I just, but I just did some light research and they were saying this was a very uh, poignant film looking at like the social class of that time for Korea putting all of those different characters on the train together, like the rich elite hedge fund uh, manager. You Then you had the couple that was the better parents, but they weren't, they're more middle class, the elderly, 
being kind of on the outskirts of a changing society, the young high school group, um, and what they're going to bring to the future, and his daughter as well. And so it kind of wanted to take a moment to reflect on, I guess, Korean culture uh, and class, and just and also then the where they were positioned on the train. Like you moved from the bottom to the top. And at the very top was a lot of the people who had power and they were locking people out of doors and wouldn't let them in um, for their own safety. So it was meant to kind of represent sort of that societal struggle as well with the use of zombies in Train to Busan. Mm-hmm. That's very deep. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh. Yeah, and I mean, Night of the Living Dead did that as well um, in this what 50 years prior I think and I wanted to ask you uh, Lindsay have you seen Night of the Living Dead the original one with uh, was 67 question mark yeah it yeah is. uh no no I have not it's great it's great really. okay. is that George Romero well yeah okay yeah mm-hmm. R.I.P. well I hate hate to to spoil anything, so I'll throw spoiler alerts out there for this movie and Night of the Living Dead. But, Pete, maybe you can relate to this with me. On When this movie is ending, you see the pregnant woman and then the young girl are walking through the tunnel towards a military base, and the snipers pointed at them, as Lindsay said, and you kind of have this moment where you're, oh my gosh, after all of this, are they going to shoot and, and kill these, these two young people? And in the end, they don't. And that is, I don't know if it was a direct reference to Night of the Living Dead, which kind of ends in a similar way, but instead of them, the person living, they're actually shot. It's the opposite. Um, In Night of the Living Dead, the main character who survived the night is shot by the authorities and killed. Um, So, Pete, did you get that, that vibe, or I guess that maybe they were gonna pull the trigger? Because you'd seen it before, I definitely didn't make I didn't make the connection of it being similar to Neither Dead. I didn't even that didn't even come across in mind. But I definitely thought like they were gonna kill at least the mom. You know, I didn't think they were gonna kill the kid because I you know usually it's like full pot to kill a kid in a movie, but sometimes they like do it. But I honestly thought that the pregnant wife was uh, gonna get shot, and then like. And then the soldiers would have realized, they're like, oh, fuck, we messed up. Like, they're fine. That's what I thought was going to happen. Does anybody have anything else to to add before we maybe go into trivia or box office or anything like that? Lindsay, I'm always down for trivia. I'm always up for some trivia. Train to Busan. Always. All right, so as usual, I found these tidbits per IMDb. So um, this first one, um, I did find a couple conflicting sources about this, but um, the main takeaway here, um, I can't honestly remember myself, um, you know, but for a movie that is about zombies taking over, the word zombie is only said once um, or twice, depending on the source you... uh, listen to or if you can remember yourself um but throughout the entire movie it's only once um so 
you know, I think that's kind of cool how they don't, like, go for overkill, you know, like, they trust that we, as the audience, can get it, um, so I thought that was kind of interesting, um, and it was also the first South Korean zombie apocalypse action thriller, like, ever, I guess, um, <clears throat> and then third, yeah. uh, the... Oh, I, I just said, really, <laughs> said I, I didn't know that, I thought... He said, I really? feel like they would have had was... one, but... Right, that's... Yeah, yeah apparently not. That's what I thought um, you said. And then third, I just found um, that the director of Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright, um, quote, called it, like, the best zombie movie I've seen in forever. Um, so this was the first live-action movie for the director of uh, Train to Busan. Um, he was doing animation movies prior to that, and... Um, for our first uh, live-action movie, it was, like, a really big hit in South Korea, and it ended up being the sixth-highest-grossing movie in South Korea, like, domestically. Yeah, so this movie seems like it was very successful. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That makes sense why it may, I think... I feel like only a few South Korean horror movies make, like, buzz in America and like I feel like this was like one of them especially amongst like horror fans because mm-hmm. it did so well in South Korea yeah that's what but, I got for trivia it... this time well thank you Sorry. for that um, what? Oh, I said well thank you for that I, I didn't know any of those okay. about the movie <laughs> um but you, I mean, it was a high, very high-grossing movie in Korea. Did it spawn any sequels or anything? I don't. I don't know of any. It. Let me see. I can't think of anything. I thought it did, but oh no, it's just people wanting more. It looks like okay. there was an animated prequel called Soul Station that was directed. Um, less than a month after the, the movie came out. So they had a prequel set up. You guys, hold the phone. Huh. We got a train to Busan yeah, 2 coming this year okay. in August in France. I am so serious. So it's Two. called... Yeah. It's called Train to Busan um, 2, and it takes place so, in France. So, I mean, I don't know. It just has, like, France in uh, parentheses next to August 12th, 2020. So I guess it's premiering in France that day. Okay, that would make sense. Oh, that's probably um, what, yeah, that's what that means. Okay. Are they going to yeah, premiere it called... at Cannes? Can? Cannes? What are the called? Can I pronounce it right? <laughs> yeah, it's Canes. called Peninsula. Yes, working title. They might do that. Weird. I guess uh, James Bond is also going to do an American remake of this movie too. Yeah, like, do we need to do that? That's annoying. Just, I like. I feel. Yeah. I like him, but I hate when we do yeah, that. Just, we just we. That trend should be dead. It's like... Well, there you have it. Yeah. We... 
we live in such a global world now with like the internet that it's not like I'm not gonna see a South Korean movie. Like if I want to see it, I'm gonna find it, or it's gonna come to America. So you don't have to remake a movie with an American studio and an American cast. I'll watch it in whatever culture made the film. Yeah, they just think that we're not going to watch it because it's not in English. That's what they think. I saw Parasite, and I don't know Korean. I mean, probably stereotypically, that's true. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. It was great. I think, like, they think stereotypically Americans don't do that. And, And that's probably true. And... That might be true. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's stupid though. People should watch foreign films. And I hope with like Parasite winning Best Picture, there's like a, that's maybe like, go like I don't know. We're getting past the hump of that, where you know <clears throat> that's usually an American movie. American movie always wins that. It's like American films where now, no, the best movie is a Korean movie, and everybody went and saw a non-English speaking film and loved it. So you don't have to be in your own tongue or be in English. Maybe we're getting, hopefully getting past that. That'd be great. Yeah. Defend or destroy? Who wants to start it up? I'll start. I'll make it short and sweet. Um, I defend Train to Busan. I enjoyed it. I had never seen it. I had heard of it. A lot of my friends had seen it, recommended it. And I finally, you know, sat down and watched it for the first time here for the podcast. And it's a lot of action. It's nonstop. I thought it was entertaining. The zombies looked really interesting. It was not, not a huge departure in the terms of the zombie genre, but it was subtle enough that um, it was a little different, and they, it was fun. It was entertaining. Um, the relationships among all the characters I thought was great. All the acting was great, where I, I felt attached to everybody's kind of subplot, and it didn't drag on. It was it started quick, it it went fast, and then it ended, and there was a lot of emotion to it all the way through, and I thought Train to Busan was really fun. Defend. I give this movie a D for Defend. Because this movie, yeah, I mean, pretty much echoing what you said, Matt. It's just like an all-around, like, just a good time. It's really, like, it's really entertaining just, just like, how fast-paced it is. And, and, like, they keep you, and you're still hooked with these characters. They still manage to, like, develop these characters even though the movie's moving so fast. And I could, like, respect that. that, Like, like, um, they thought out some characters. Like, there's some surface-level characters, but, like... You know, they're not along for, like, a really long time. So, like, they do a lot of things well. And you could just have to, like, commend the director for being able to do that for his first fucking live-action movie. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, that's it. <laughs> so, uh, this movie is going to be a unanimous defend, then. Because um, I also really thought it was very well-acted. Um, really, like, a... I thought everybody did great, but especially a shout out to that younger actress. I just thought she killed it and um, really delivered, you know, especially in that, um, you know, emotion, as Matt said, um, throughout the movie. Um, Like when you really feel for these characters and you care about them and what happens to them. Um, 
thought the effects were really good. Uh, there was a lot of gore, but I don't think it was like too much. And then, um, you know, going back to what I said before with that whole family um, arc, I was really bummed out about it, like by the end. Um, but it did help in making the viewer feel very sympathetic toward their situation and how things end. So it's going to be a different for me. All right. Well, I guess it's a unanimous defend from Yet Records podcast for Train to Busan. You can watch it on Netflix. Um, I think it's on Amazon Prime if you or Amazon Video if you have that, but it's available for viewing. And check it out, especially now that we know this second one is going to be released. So if you want to check out the second one while it's still hot, definitely check out Train to Busan. Um, it's, it's a fun movie, that's for sure. But until next time, get us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, write a review on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, really Apple. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys on what maybe you'd like for us to do. Uh, I will give a, a shout-out, a preview, if you will. Uh, the next... Nope, I'm not going to do it. I'll cut this out. Uh, but <laughs> actually, until next time... That is all I have. I'm Matt Johnson, and I remain in the shadows. I'm Peter, and I'm making a request from Matt for you to play the little girl singing that song. I'm Lindsay, and, and I agree. While we're I talking right now. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs>